What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, September 13th, and today a dive into the coach's film from the Dolphins' 20-7 to victory over the New England Patriots. What do we see on tape? I'm glad you asked. We're going to talk about it here today on the show. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedrivenetwork.com, your host here on the show. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, the daily fantasy experience made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on the entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Today on the show, had a chance to check out the All-22 Offense, Defense, Special Teams. Have a lot of observations, uh, things that stood out to me for Miami's roster, and what I'd like to do is work our way through and do the entirety of the roster and just, hey, make shout-outs along the way. And uh, I know everybody probably wants to hear me talk about offense and defense first, but we are going to start with special teams. We're going to give them their due here because there's a couple players on the Dolphins roster who I thought made really, really impactful performances on special teams for the Miami Dolphins, starting first and foremost with punter Thomas Morstead. Bet Thomas Morstead was not on the top of your list for names that we were going to start today's podcast with, with an all-22 review. But yet, Morstead was excellent. I'm sitting here watching him hold. I know we've all had this debate about the merits of holding and Polardi versus Hawk versus now Morstead. Thomas Morstead will put the ball down on the hold, and he will not move until Jason Sanders is finished his follow-through, puts two feet on the ground, and makes two additional steps. The deliberate nature of intent of that is awesome, but the most awesome play that Thomas Morstead made on Sunday for the Dolphins, 20-7, 13-point lead, Six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Miami is near midfield, but Thomas Morstead is out to punt. And Thomas Morstead gets a snap that bounces two yards in front of him. And despite that inopportune situation in which the ball does not even make it to the punter, Morstead in stride collects the ball off the bounce the short hop, the one hopper, collects himself, punts the ball with an expedited process because the Patriots are in full out block because the Patriots were desperate to do anything they could to steal a possession in this game between block, the block punt attempts and the opening kickoff of the second half in which the Patriots tried to drop one in for one of the upbacks on, on the kick return team, a.k.a. Alec Ingold, uh, to, to field the punt in hopes that he would misplay the ball. They were desperate for anything, right? So they are an all-out punt block. Block is two yards short of Thomas Morstead, who scoops, collects, punts, 
and the ball is down on the four-yard line for the New England Patriots. <laughs> that is a potential disaster in a one-score, in a 13-point game that could have very easily became a one-score game if that ball gets away from Thomas Morstead, gets beyond Thomas Morstead, and now you're in the total chaos mode of trying to fall on the ball. Do they scoop it up because they're in a block? Crisis averted. You know, shout out Jason Sanders. You know, did, took care of business, kicked the ball with money. Also wanted to shout out two additional names uh, from positional players on special teams who I thought performed very, very well, and it was Miami's two gunner players. Uh, Keon Crossan on special teams was one. I did not think Crossan played well at all on defense on Sunday against the Patriots, but on special teams, uh, a job very well done on a number of occasions to win the one-on-one matchups on the outside. And Justin Bethel, the new addition, played really, really well on teams for the Dolphins. So uh, those are kind of my my acknowledgments on the special team side of the ball as we, we get things started here with the the all 22 and and we'll go to the offensive side of the ball next uh because i think that the there's constructive criticism for both sides of the ball and i think that's one of the things that i would like to impress on us as fans here as as we work our way through uh, the early portions of this season 20 to 7 was fun this could have been 40 to nothing if we're being completely honest uh, and you were close in a lot of ways, and I, um, I am encouraged by some of the context behind some of the negative plays on the plays in which you were close. For example, uh, Chase Edmonds near midfield, uh, running outside. They're running outside, and at this point in the game, Austin Jackson's no longer in the football game, and Greg Little has been inserted at right tackle. And Greg Little steps to the wrong defender. The Patriots spent a lot of time in their uh, three and four safety sets to try and get speed on the field to contend with what Miami had. And Robert Hunt and Greg Little both step to the Sam backer, and nobody steps to the safety who's rolled down further to the play side, which would be the right tackle's assignment. And that safety shoots that gap and tackles Chase Edmonds for a significant loss of yardage on the play. And I know we talked yesterday about, hey, well, Miami, look at their team totals rushing, sure. But understand they had a couple of negative plays that, that took significant yardage off uh, in the stat sheet. That was one of those plays. And it's your backup tackle, your swing tackle, has been inserted into the game because of an injury to the starter. And makes a wrong assignment, steps to the wrong player, and lo and behold, um, what could have been like could have been a 50-yard touchdown, the way that they had the perimeter blocked up. Could have been a very, very, very big play for the Dolphins. They were close. Missed assignment. Okay, it's week one. It's a backup that got inserted into the game. Great. Uh, Teron Armstead only missed a handful of snaps, but when he was off the field for one of them, Miami missed a touchdown. Miami ran. A lot of plays with Tyreek Hill running jet motion across the set in the backfield. And they built a lot of really fun stuff of, off of that, where they ran post wheel off of that. They ran a deep comeback off of that, where he's you know not lined up stationary on the outside. He is dead sprint across the set 
snap the ball and then getting out into longer developing routes down the field. That's pretty unique. And uh, them doing that with Tyree Kill is a testament to his speed, what they can do with him having a flying start at the snap. Um, but they did it coming from left to right, and they actually ran fade with Tyree Kill from the slot. Um, and unfortunately, we had a protection bust on the play, and it's important to note the protection bust. Uh, you had a free runner come up the middle. Uh, where, the, I mean, you you very easily should have had this blocked up. And Tua Tagovailoa's eyes are to the right. He's starting the progression in the right pay, place to target the fade route, which would have comfortably been a touchdown. But we have a miscommunication because Liam Eikenberg's playing left tackle. Robert Jones is inserted into the game at left guard. And, of course, you now also have Greg Little playing at right tackle. So you have three of your five offensive linemen are not playing in their original positions in this short term that Toronto Armstead was not on the field center Connor Williams, who played a phenomenal game. We'll talk about him in just a minute. He steps the wrong way or he does not see number eight, Juwan Bentley kind of creep at the snap and then fire and trigger into the backfield and to a tongue of Aloha before he can get set up and throw the football to the slot off to his right hand side. He's got a second-level defender bearing down on him and three linemen that aren't really blocking anybody. Um, so a protection bust. Very easily fixable thing. Make sure you get the mic point right because the offensive line is responsible for the four down and the mic or whoever you identify as the next most dangerous player. Right? It, that's pass protection 101. Number eight's in the middle of the field. He's sitting up right over top of the center. And based on the pre-step motion, maybe it changed the look of the defense. I don't know. But what I do know is that Miami, whilst up by two scores in the fourth quarter, is calling plays for kill shots. And they should have had one. We just so happen to have, you know, 60% of your offensive line, not in the original spot, probably exacerbated some miscommunications. Um. But those are easily fixable things for the Miami Dolphins. And I, I think as we look to continue to progress forward with the team from here, it's important to remember, yeah, you know, you can have your criticisms and, and constructive criticisms of the Dolphins, and you can also be very excited about the control in which they had throughout the course of the entire game. They dictated terms in a lot of ways, but this can get better. And our expectation for this team, if it's going to go where we all hope that it goes and where they hope that it goes, is that you're going to stack and you're not going to continue to make the same mistakes. And we should aspire to beat teams 40 and <laughs> That's not sustainable and realistic in the NFL on a week-by-week -week basis. But let's hope we get a game like that this year where everybody puts it together. And ideally... You know, this is the worst performance you have and I, of the season, and I know Mike McDaniel acknowledged that uh, in the post game as well. Before we go any further, our friends over at Prize Picks is the new daily fantasy experience done right. It's you versus the house. You pick two to five parlays of player props that are set by Prize Picks, and if you hit on all of your parlays, you can win up to ten x your money 
for your winnings. You're not competing against other people. It's you versus just the in-house projections on their props. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch, including NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy with safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks apps or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you use promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you an additional $100. If you put 50 in, they'll give you an extra 50. Don't forget to use promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And listen, it was a late night last night. We had Monday Night Football. We got the game tape late in the afternoon. So we did the offensive side of the ball and we watched Monday Night Football and then we watched special teams. And then this morning we got up at the crack of dawn and we watched defense to make sure we were ready to go for today's episode of the show. But that requires a lot. You know, you, I, I got to make sure I'm on my best. I'm on top of my game. To, to make sure that, you know, I can give you guys the show that you deserve on a short night of sleep. And listen, that's, that's football season. Our next partner has a product that I use every day because it helps me with having more energy, having an optimized immune system, you know, making sure I feel good every day. It's Athletic Greens' AG1. AG1 is a delicious scoop of 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, aging, all the things. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with one scoop in water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it Easy Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I thought Teron Armstead and Connor Williams played excellent football games. I thought Robert Hunt played a very good football game. The same cannot be said uh, for Greg Little stepping in in the absence of Austin Jackson with an ankle injury that we will be watching closely. Uh, it sounds as though that that's significant enough that we may have Austin Jackson's status in question. Liam Eikenberg, uh, I thought, struggled. This was something... Um, we were interested to see how he would acclimate at left guard. Uh, he was engaged in a lot of polls, and I think that is uh, uh, can be an area of strength for him. Um, but just too often kind of caught with a wide base, you know, not winning and anchoring and getting his hand set. Um, he's he's going to be a player that we're watching. Right, And it should not be a surprise that a player who's playing a new position struggle in his first game against, especially against a team like the Patriots who have several quality interior offensive line or interior defensive line. I'm not panicking, but it was not a good performance from Liam Eichberg. Um, 
Meanwhile, some of these new skill players, I think that's that's the theme, is the new players that the Dolphins brought in played really well. Tron Armstead, Connor Williams, Chase Edmonds is him, guys. Chase Edmonds was balling. He killed it on Sunday. Ball carrier, regardless of the some of the lack of room to run or some of the negative plays that were exacerbated by free runners coming through the front. After contact, pass protection, awareness and protection. Chase Evans played a, played a better game of pass pro than any running back played in the entirety of the year last year. It was excellent. And then, of course, in the receiving game. Miami ran a Texas route out of the backfield. We haven't seen one of those in like four years. And he, he hit it against Raekwon McMillan and uh, easy game, easy chunk game. Good awareness to understand that Miami was hot when, when New England brought a free runner up the middle uh, in the first half. Chase Edmonds played a phenomenal game. Shout out to Raheem Mostert as well. Uh, I thought Raheem looked explosive. Contact balance, obviously the 16-yard reception that he had in which they, they had a schemed, it was a designed throwback on the play. Uh, to Raheem. And Tua gets the ball out there, and there is a corner who's closed down on it, and uh, it uh, looked like it was going to be a gain of nothing. And Mostert makes some magic happen. Uh, so so both of these new additions in the backfield uh, looked very, very good. Tyree Kill, self-explanatory, it speaks for itself. Uh, he's an elite football player. Uh, I know the one play that everybody kind of had a question was was the uh, high point opportunity on the 50-50 ball against rookie Jack Jones. It looked in real time as though Tyreek kind of uh, hesitated as though he were going to make a break. Uh, upon further review, no, th this was, I think Tyreek kind of let off the gas because the route was capped and then realized, oh, I got to go get this. Uh, so that that's a chemistry timing uh, reps thing. And I'll go back to the wheel route that they threw to Alec Ingold on the opening possession that was almost a really big gain uh, where Tyreek is running the post on that. It was post wheel with a fullback out of the backfield running the wheel. That's was cool to see them get to some of the same concepts that they, they did from different places, which is what you would expect from uh, the reputation that Mike McDaniel has. That, that was as advertised. That was very good. Um, so... Tyreek throws the mailbox up, a.k.a. I'm open, a.k.a. give it to me. And both defenders are four-plus yards leveraged over top of him on the post. But as you watch Tyreek accelerate, he took both their souls. I mean, he ran right by them. So that's, that is, again, chemistry to identify and understand I'm taking the shot because Tyreek's got leverage here or where to place the ball when those opportunities come, to lay it out for him to go run underneath of it. Again, I'm not concerned. Oh, Miami was very creative in finding some ways for Tyreek Hill to touch the football. He was very productive when he touched the ball. I thought his engagement in the game was phenomenal. He was, he was blocking everything you would want from a guy who's getting paid $30 million. Tyreek Hill was it. Jalen Waddle, shout out as well. Uh, had some other opportunities where I, I think some of those miscommunications in the front passing off two-man games. And uh, listen, you know, I understand Miami dealt with some pressure. New England schemed some stuff up. Please, please do not assert, even with Greg Little, 
and Liam Eikenberg not playing particularly strong football games, that this offensive line was anywhere near the stratosphere as, as bad as it was last year. I thought they played a, a, a C-plus performance up front. And it's hard to say if, if we didn't have a couple of busts and if Austin Jackson plays instead of Greg Little. Oh, I don't know what the ceiling is with Austin Jackson, but I know he prepared all week as though he was the starter. I think it could have been even better. And, and some of the pressures that you gave up, um, whether that was mental errors and getting the protection calls right, or whether that was passing things off in live action could have been avoided. Uh, but uh, Jalen Waddle had at least one deep over route where if two had time and wasn't dealing with penetration, possibly had like a, a 70 plus yard explosive play. And I know that's what we're, we're interested in and, and waiting to see is, is how, how frequently can we get the explosives to come? They're there. They'll get it sorted out. They'll get the mental errors, right? And they're going to come. I'm going to tell you that right now, uh, as far as Tua Tungavaloa himself, I thought aside from the in the grasp stuff, it was a pretty sturdy showing from an arm talent perspective. The first deep comeback or out route that he drilled to Tyreek Hill from the, the, to the field from the far hash was really good anticipation. There were a lot of really good anticipation spot throws from Tua. Now, there were some throws where, hey, man, if you get a little bit more juice, you can drive that a little bit more. You'd have a lot more production for the day. That's what Tua is as a quarterback. Like, if you were expecting him to come out and look like Josh Allen or Justin Herbert from a physical perspective, I don't know what your expectations, how your expectations will ever be met. Physically, he is generally speaking going to be the same player that he has been. It's how do you play and optimize your performance with the pros and cons that you have as a quarterback. I mean, I thought the anticipation, the confidence with some of these throws was really good. Just better self-awareness to, to be willing to live to fight another down. Sometimes a punt is the best play. As compared to, I'm in the grasp, I'm going to try to, no. Because you almost had three fumbles. And then we had one opportunity where we are flushed and rolling to our right. And almost gave, if, if not for a defender getting overly eager to reach out with one hand and try and catch with one hand, you threw it directly to a defender. Some of the boot stuff, the boot stuff's going to be great if they're not leveraged with the defender in the flat. If they are leveraged with the defender in the flat, I think the coaching point is throw it at the feet of the closest receiver or throw it at three yards. Once you're outside the tackle box, throw it beyond the line of scrimmage, three yards into the stands. Like, just punt some of these plays, man. And then the, criti the other critique that I would have was uh, on the final possession, the throw to Trent Sherfield. Just get the first down, right? You're up 13 points. You could get to the flat and slide and get down. Um, risky throw. Um, obviously, a not good showing for his arm talent. And I think that's he's going to have to be in unpressured conditions outside the pocket to throw with accuracy and consistency. Okay, let's have that order. So if you if you're under pressure and you're rolling. Let's start to embrace, hey, let's get two yards and get down, or hey, 
just throw it at the feet of the receiver and let's get out of dodge and we'll come back and play third down because there were enough clean pocket moments inside the pocket with really good anticipation that like, I think you got a reasonable chance on third and 10, but third and 16, where you almost fumbled the ball and gave it back to him. We got to cut that out. But again, the accuracy in the ball placement in clean pocket situations and uncontested was really good. Uh, the decision-making and, and confidence with anticipation throw to spots and identifying coverage, I thought showed a lot of market improvement. And this Dolphins offense was much more versatile than what it had ever been in your previous experiences. Those are your wins. Uh, let's build on it. That's what I would say. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, NFL. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Defensively, um, Javon Holland and Xavier Howard are studs. They're absolute studs. They are really dynamic players. They are playing at an extremely high level. Javon Holland's Ability to fit the run from depth and range is phenomenal. The interception that he had, uh, I did not realize he came from the far hash <laughs> to get all the way across the field on the on the the bounce on the pass defense by Xavier uh, Howard. So that was excellent. Uh, just looking at the rest of the depth chart, Christian Wilkins, I thought played a very good game. He gave the interior some young guys, Michael and Wayne Yu, um, Cole Strange. He gave those guys a hard time. Um, I thought the Dolphins on the edge between Melvin Ingram, uh, Jalen Phillips, who spent more time dropping into space. Miami dropped seven and played cover three quite a bit, and that involves a hook curl defender coming, uh, and, and that was usually Jalen pushing out. Um, Emmanuel Agba, they, they, they tested. Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn did not look particularly good. Uh, Zach Sealer continues to be a menace in short yardage situations. He had a couple of them this past game where he's making guys miss. Shout out to Darth Cater. I saw that on social media looking for a, 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 a nickname. Uh, Cater played excellent, some impact plays. Uh, so really excited to see this U, uh, UDFA from Texas A&M Commerce really continue to grow into a spot. Uh, Nick Needham got put on two posters through no fault of his own. The opening play of the game, and then when Miami blitzed and New England hit down the right sideline, a, a ball, I think it was to Jacoby Myers. 16, right? That's Jacoby Myers, right? Forgive the ignorance. Yes, Jacoby Myers. Uh, tough contested catch right along the sideline. Needham is in phase. He's on the hip of the receiver. His hands go straight up through. He's playing in between the hands, but he can't rake through the hands because he's he's facing the, the receiver instead of getting open back to the ball. And two really nice hands catches in those situations where Nick Needham played it as perfectly as you could have. You tip your cap and you move on. 
Uh, Brandon Jones, shout out, you know, was all over the field, flying around all the things that your standard expectations for Brandon Jones, I thought, showed up. Miami schematically, uh, like I said, a lot of cover three. Uh, they played a lot of three, and they, they had comfort in zone. And I thought, you know, last year, even in the win against New England last year to open the season, and then like the next month, I remember having the conversation where like, guys, like there are wide open voids. Guys have no idea where they're supposed to be playing zone coverage. Like this is a freaking disaster. Nobody, you have to play man because you can't play zone because nobody can get to spots. I thought the zone integrity when they played three yesterday or on, on Sunday against the Patriots was extremely good. Uh, it's a very different feel for a week one showing than the week one showing last year where it's like, hey, Mac took a lot of checkdowns, and as he matures as a player, he might have seen some throwing windows that he missed and could have made you pay because you had vacancies all over the field. And then, of course, the Dolphins proceed to lose their next seven football games, and the defense is a very large problem with allowing almost 30 points a game over that stretch. No, no such issues this time around. That's extremely encouraging for Miami. Um, I, I do think the the third corner spot will continue to be something interesting to watch. Obviously, Miami was out was without Eric Rowe in this contest. Um, but Keon Crossan, for as good as he played on special teams, I thought really struggled with anticipation and feeling and seeing things develop. And there were a couple of big plays, whether that was runs that tucked up inside of him or the big third and 16 conversion that they had when they ran the, the screen, the perimeter screen outside, uh, struggling to get off blocks. Um, those were areas where for Keon, as a guy who really popped in a good way in training camp and preseason, you'd like to see improve and, and get better. Um, looking at the rest of the depth chart here, Raekwon Davis, I thought, showcased himself pretty well as a, a, a more dynamic player than just the A-gap nose tackle that he was last year. He threw those dudes around inside. He threw... He threw David Andrews and he threw uh, Cole Strange on individual instances like, hey, welcome to the club, dude. Like, we're throwing hands. Um, Linebacker-wise, uh, Jerome Baker uh, played a fair amount of stack backer. Obviously, when, when the Dolphins defense figured it out at the end of last year, he was a little bit more of a hybrid type player. Uh, Miami, pretty, pretty traditional. Uh, with with what they did. And, and from a, an individual play perspective, I'd like to shout out the touchdown uh, because New England scored a touchdown because of a miscommunication. And I don't know who the miscommunication was with, but everybody on the field played cover two with the exception of Xavier Howard who manned up Devontae Parker on the play. And I know in real time, we were all like, oh, we... Jalen Phillips is dropping here. He didn't flash with the back. Everybody played zone other than X. So I don't know if it was a um, more exotic coverage and Jalen missed the back flashing, but Jalen gets over to the pylon after Ty Montgomery rolls across the end zone. And he looks back to the field like, what, what happened? So definitely a miscommunication. And I think that's important to note because as I'm sitting here and I'm listening and I did go out of my way to do it because I'm extremely petty individual and I had some time before Monday Night Football last night uh, and listen to all the post game stuff from all the Boston outlets. 
they'll talk about oh the the Patriots that they they freaking lost to the mediocre Dolphins, uh, and they you know they ran the ball better than they had all summer, and I I think they can really build on this, but you just hate losing a game to a um, we're getting all uh, British I guess um, a mediocre Dolphins team it it kills you, um, and for New England to have run the ball better than they have all summer long and finish with as paltry of rushing yards and average as they did. Uh, and, and also for them to run three plays in the red zone in the entirety of the game. They had two possessions that crossed the, the Dolphins' 40-yard line. The first one, which ended just outside the red zone on an interception from Javon Holland. And then the second one, they got into the red zone courtesy of a long catch and run by Jonu Smith, and then proceeded to run three plays in the red zone. Pass knocked down to the left flat by Zach Sealer. A pass dumping down, checking down to Damian Harris in the right flat for one yard. And then a miscommunication for six yards in the touchdown. Three plays in the red zone all day. Seven points all day. And you needed a miscommunication to score a touchdown. Well, if the Dolphins are a mediocre team, what's that say about you guys? I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Thanks for checking out the show. Talk to you guys again tomorrow.